God is here with us now and he loves and knows about every single one of you in this room. And it says uh, in Romans uh, chapter 5 verse 8 that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And he died so that we didn't have to, to like spiritually die. He died so that we could have a relationship with a perfect God. He died on that cross 2,000 years ago. I was talking um, the other day in school about um, about the cross and what that meant to us as Christians. And I just asked a, a young person, just while I was explaining it, to stretch their hands out and keep it stretched out for as long as possible. They lasted about three minutes, is it? Three minutes. And then they were like, my hands are really starting to hurt. My shoulders are starting to hurt. And that was just one person with their hands out. Just imagine the pain and the suffering that Jesus would have gone through. Before that, he would have been mocked. He had a crown of thorns on his head. He would have been bleeding. He would have walked all that distance before even being hung on the cross. So the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through so that we could have a relationship with God. That's how much he loved us. That's how much he loved us. And uh, what a terrific feeling it was for, um, for Mark. He said he was relieved. He was thankful. Somebody had took his punishment. So for Mark, he got the questions wrong. He knew there was a penalty. But yet Catherine, oh, Catherine, how amazing was Catherine. She stepped in and she took the place for Mark. She got the pie in the face for Mark. And obviously that game is a, it's a massive exaggeration, but it's the same idea with Jesus. That even though we do things wrong, even though we've said things, done things, even recently maybe we've done things wrong, and we might think we're not worthy, we're not worthy. That's grace. God loves us so much and he wants that relationship with us that even though, you know, maybe we've done things wrong and we're, we're ashamed of some of the things that we've done, God still wants to say, do you know what? I love you despite that. I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. And he took that place for us. So I just want to have a look just of a few characters in the Bible of how they've experienced God's grace. The first one is um, is Peter. If we can have Peter up. It's Peter. And we've just seen from that video, Peter lived with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. And yet in Jesus' vital moment, Peter denied him, denied his existence. He saw him do miracles. He walked with him. He talked with him. Yet when Jesus needed him the most, he denied him, not just once, not just twice, but three times. And yet God, Jesus, still turns to Peter and says, I love you. Do you love me? And we saw from that video, he said, that's what grace is. I'm still, I still love you despite you turning your back on me at my, in my time of need. And then goes on to say, you're the rock that I'm going to build my church on. The church was built on Peter, who denied the whole purpose of church. He denied Jesus three times, yet he decided to build his church on Peter. And then uh, next we have Saul, who later became Paul. We see him in the book of Acts. And we see that um, Saul, I don't know if you know much about Saul, but Saul was not a very nice man to Christians If Saul was to walk into this church before he became a Christian, probably most of us in here would be terrified. We'd be like, that's the guy that's beating everybody up. That's the guy that's that's hurting people. We don't want to be associated with him. 
Yet you might know in the book of Acts, um, on the road to Damascus, he has an experience with God. He experiences God's grace. And Jesus uh, turns up and says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? And Saul experienced the grace of God and became Paul, who arguably is probably one of the greatest evangelists to ever live on the planet. He spread the gospel. He grew the church with the grace of God, with the power of God. That's Saul. And others might look at the, of the looks of, of Saul and go, well, I don't, really, I don't really think he deserves God's grace. He's done such bad things. I don't really want him in the church, you know, with all the bad things that he's done. And sometimes people think of young people and look at some young people and go, I don't, want, I don't really want them. I don't think they, they've done such bad things. And it says in the news, you see on the news daily, weekly, there's things coming up, riots that are happening, young people doing all sorts of stuff that just is, is difficult to, to accept, yet God still loves them. And that's why we work at You for Christ, to tell young people how much they're loved by God. Young people are watching the media, they're reading uh, magazines that are saying they have to be this skinny, this size, this intelligent, this pretty, this beautiful to be accepted. But it doesn't say that in the Bible. It says that God loves them despite whatever they look like, that God designed them exactly what they're like. And we're so passionate at Youth for Christ for telling young people about how much God loves them and how perfect God sees them in their eyes. And I just want to encourage you to be praying as, um, for us as we, as we chat to young people for more opportunities for us to be able to share about God's grace and share about what God believes young people are like, not what the media says. And then finally, the third person I'd like to look at is, is us, us in the Bible. What does it say about us? And again, we're all here today at Lynn Baptist because we've experienced God's love. And I believe that God will continue to, to bless every single person in this room. But sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I don't feel loved. Sometimes things are going on in my life where I'm like, does God really love me? I'll be honest, I don't, I'm sure there's other people in here that, you know, um, you maybe you lose your job, maybe you fall out with all your family, maybe something really difficult has happened in your life, you're struggling, you're suffering, you look at other people in the world that are suffering and you say, does God, does God love me? Does, does God love me? But I believe in the Bible, I'm sure every single person here believes that what it says in the Bible is true. It says in the Bible that God loves us. So I just want you to receive just a simple truth today, that God loves you, that God is with you, and God is going to be uh, with you through it all. Sophie, can you um, please come up and get your guitar ready? That would be great. I just felt like when I was writing my talk that there might be one or two people in here that are in a really dry place at the moment and they're, they're really struggling to connect with God. And I felt like God was just saying, go back to the start. And the start is that God loves us. That's where, that's where it starts. When we first became Christians, it's because we experienced God's love. Whether it was a massive Saul road to Damascus experience or whether it was a long journey that we're still going on, that we're still exploring. I just want to encourage you to go back to the start and go back to, to Jesus' love. And are you ready, Sophie? Is that okay to start playing? 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to ask uh, Sophie to start playing. And just as she does, I'm just going to read a few things um, about what it means. Because, we're, because we belong to God, because we belong to Jesus, and because Jesus died on the cross, these words that I'm, supposed, I'm going to read over you is what we receive because we're in a relationship with God and because we're a part of God's family. It's God's riches that we receive, as it says there. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's great. Grace. So according to the Bible, I am God's possession. I am his child, his workmanship, his friend. I'm a building, a temple, a minister, and an instrument. You're his chosen his beloved, his precious jewel, and his heritage. And in Christ you have been redeemed by blood, been set free from all sin, been set free from the enemy, and been set free from the kingdom of darkness. You have all been forgiven of your sins, been washed in blood, given a sound mind, and given the Holy Spirit. You have been given access to God, been given wisdom, for free. In Christ, you are complete, totally in him, free from sin's power. You are loved eternally, eternally kept in the palm of his hand, kept from falling, kept by his very power, and you are not condemned. You are the salt of the earth. In Christ, you have access to the Father, a home in heaven waiting for you. You have all things in Christ. You have peace with God. And in Christ you can do all things. Find mercy. Come boldly to his throne. Quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Tread on him like a serpent and declare liberty to the captives. You can pray always. Chase a thousand. Defeat and overcome the enemy. And the only thing you cannot do in Christ is to be separated from God be perished or be lost or be moved. You cannot be taken out of your father's hands or be condemned. I'm just going to ask Sophie to sing uh, a song and just join this time. I just want you to reflect on God's love. And if there's a situation in your life at the moment where you just really need to experience God's, God's love, just ask him to come into that situation now. And then in a few minutes, we'll, we'll finish by singing one final song. Thank you.